Today on City Cash Chicago, we're talking about the mayor's race, what's going on with the Regional Transit Authority, and we got some new residents at Lincoln Park Zoo. I've got WCIU TV host Brandon Pope and Block Club Chicago reporter Jamie Nesbitt Golden in the building to break it all down and more. It's Friday, January 20th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is City Cash Chicago. Welcome back to the show, Brandon and Jamie. Before we look back and break down the news, which y'all are all familiar with, right? Top story. Story that needs a little more attention. And of course, some good, right? I ain't even going to give it away yet. Y'all know. Some some good news at the end of it. Uh, let's start off with, with some celebrations. This week, uh, the Chicago Reader's Best of 2022, Best of Chicago list came out. And we all got some things to celebrate. Uh, Jamie, Block Club Chicago has been nominated for a few things, including On the Block, the TV show that y'all premiered uh, last year with, of course, the great host Brandon Pope. But Pope also been nominated for Best Beard in the City, which is a... It's an interesting category, but but we but we gonna talk about it, Jamie. Why should people vote for on the block? Um, because uh, we we do the damn thing every week. We bring you <laughs> stories that otherwise don't get covered, and um, we have a, fin- a, fin- a fantastic crew who works hard to bring you those stories. Uh, Brandon, obviously you hope, I mean, you host on the block. You also host podcasts in the city, right? You're constantly interviewing people, but you know, people might be shocked to see one of the things that you're nominated for is facial hair in the city. Brandon, why amongst all of these categories should people not skip over best beard and throw you some love? Here's the reason. Okay. <laughs> Jamie, every every time with this man. Every time with this man. Have you have you seen this beard? Have have you seen this beard? That's the reason. If you ever smell the beard as well, it smells the best. It's well conditioned. No, I never smelled your beard. <laughs> Now, when someone walks up to you and starts sniffing your damn beard, I don't want to hear. <laughs> anyway, y'all should y'all should vote for me your best beard because. I have the best beard, and I don't know who the rest of these nominees are. All the all the best to them, but they they don't got it. They don't got it. There's no competition, baby. There's Zero. no competition. Zero. I haven't even seen their beards, but there's none. There's none. It don't matter. It don't matter. No. Hey, and the. <laughs> For best podcast, best newsletter, uh, for the second year in a row, CityCast Chicago has been nominated. Please go to the best of Chicago list. I'm going to drop the link in the show notes. There are a ton of categories, right? Best choreographer, best storytelling series. But make sure you hit up best local TV news broadcast and give On the Block some love. Make sure you scroll to best beard and you give B Pope some love. That's right. And, and when you're looking at best podcast, best newsletter, you know, we love everybody, but ignore all of the other choices, <laughs> even if they seem familiar to you. And go and give City Cat Chicago some love on both fronts. <laughs> Every single week, I love to bring in some great voices from across the city of Chicago and find out the stories that they were watching this week, but also uh, exactly their thoughts on them. And Jamie, I want to start with you. Uh, you know, we're in the midst of a mayor's race. We had a, a, a televised debate. We've had many forms and more forms to go. How are you feeling? How, how are you feeling right now with these nine candidates? And, you know, well, what they talking, what they selling out here right now, what they pitching on the corner? How are you feeling about it? So like so so the so the 
the messy part of me, I mean, I love mess. I'm like very Marie Kondo when it comes to politics, right? Because it's messy and people are petty. <laughs> that said, they're progressive candidates or, or candidates who believe that they're progressive. But is there really a progressive candidate on this ballot? And I'm, I'm not sure. But um, the, the, the last few forums um, have been uh, a, little, a little exciting, a little dramatic. You know, you've got, you know, people making clapbacks, Lori coming at, you know, Vallis. We're seeing, you know, uh, you know, Brendan Johnson, who like literally like I think people feel like he came out of nowhere, sort of, you know, t- you know, his campaign sort of picking up steam. But we're seeing like, you know, like um, like these conversations about public safety and crime and everybody's trying to outdo the other. And I'm not sh- like I'm, I'm just I'm not buying it. Like it just doesn't like I don't know. So I want to remind people who are the nine candidates running. We got State Representative Cam Buckner, Congressman Jesus Chuy Garcia, uh, J. Maul Green, Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson, Alderperson Sophia King, Alderperson Roderick Sawyer. You got Mayor Lori Lightfoot, uh, former CPS head Paul Vallis, and a perennial candidate Willie Wilson. You know, I had this conversation with A.D. Quigg this week, and I asked her, you know, when we talk about progressive, what do we, what do we mean? And like you said, Jamie, everyone is sort of pitching themselves as, you know, being the, the most left-leaning candidate. But as you as you really start to move through it, you, you have to question each of them on, you know, are they truly progressive? Do they truly align with, you know, the, the organizers and the activists in the street who I'd argue are, are some of the most progressive and radical politically bent people in our city? Brandon, you've sat down with some of these candidates, you know, in a, in a group of everyone trying to run as as the most of something. You know, how are you feeling about what you're hearing from them directly? Yeah, it's fascinating, really. I, you know, it's you're hearing a lot of the same things. I think that's part of the problem to distinguish everybody is almost everyone has very similar responses, solutions, even came out of the Chewy Garcia. A lot of his public safety plan is almost similar to Lori Lightfoot's public safety plan. So I think it leads to voter confusion, voter fatigue, um, and it impacts participation ultimately. Right now, though, from who I've been talking to and all the interviews I've had, I think it's fascinating seeing Brandon Johnson's rise. Um, I got to remind folks, Lori Lightfoot came out of nowhere to win the mayor's race, right? Yeah. Like, AD Quick says she was she was polling at around 3% at this point during that election and then went on to, as, as we all know, um, kind of take the runoff very easily. But I exactly. Think, I think that was a reflection of how people view Tony Preckwinkle, right? Cook County President Tony Preckwinkle, if anything, people looked at as, as another you know, part of the system, right? You know, head of the Cook County Democrats had a lot of connections to uh, some long-term politicians in our city. And and during that election, Lori Lightfoot painted herself as somewhat outside of the system, right? Outside of that that inner circle. What message do you think is is winning people over, even if not, it's not exciting them? Well, the tough part for Lightfoot is when she ran as a candidate last cycle, she was the outsider, right? But now, uh, Heather Sharon over at WTTW did a great story on how a lot of her politics now are seen as machine politics. So now she is representing the machine to some people. So I think people are looking for someone now who knows what they're doing, has a good grasp on the issues, what needs to be done, but also can navigate City Hall as well. Um, so that's where Chewy Garcia, that's why. That's one reason why he's probably polling so well. That's where Brandon Johnson, his Cook County Commissioner, comes in. And even a Paul Vallis, who has experience working with the city, uh, and in a in a year where people were thinking about crime as their number one issue, Paul Vallis has been hitting the crime note uh, 
since he announced his candidacy. I think that's what they call it, dog whistle. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I mean, everybody I agree. It because I agree. But we're still dealing with, you know, pandemic related rises in a lot of things, right? Learning loss in ridership on CTA and investment. And so, you know, it, it is a time when we are, are facing critical challenges. And I know the three of us are going to be watching closely. Um, you know, from City Hall over to Soldier Field, uh, some changes are happening as the you know the playoffs are still going, but but the Bears ain't in it, so they they didn't got to their off season <laughs> and started working. Uh, Pope, what do we uh, hear coming out of Hallis Hall thus far in the Bears' early off season? Man, a lot of big things happening in Hallis Hall as they got the the number one overall pick for the third time in team history, first time since 1947. They got a rising quarterback, uh, so they don't have to worry about drafting a quarterback in a year where there's two or three first-round top-five pick quarterbacks. So that means that number one pick is a top trade target. You're going to be looking at a lot of teams in that top ten are going to want to trade up. That means more draft picks for the Bears. So GM Ryan Poles, the first black GM for the Chicago Bears, has a chance to rebuild this roster in a way that he wants to. But also, we got a new president and CEO of the Bears as well, the first black president, Kevin Warren, who was also the first black commissioner of a college football conference in the Big Ten Conference. And here's something that you got to pay attention to here. Kevin Warren was brought in to build a stadium. That's got to be the he reason. Helped, he, helped, he helped the Vikings do it when he was when he was with the Vikings uh, mm -hmm. back in, what was that, back between 2005 and 2019. Exactly. Right? He, he helped them get a new stadium. And I've been up there. That boy, nice. And I was there in the middle of February, cold as ice outside in Minnesota. I'm talking negative two. Ooh, I had to take my coat off. It felt good now. <laughs> it's a great stadium. Felt good. It's and a so, great and stadium. So, so you're right. People need to pay attention. He's not just here to, to, to build along the lakeshore, uh, more than likely. No, and he, he told reporters he's all in on Arlington Heights right now. So uh, the Bears are moving. Okay, I think that was the ultimate signal. The Bears are moving, but I think you also have to acknowledge the historic firsts that are happening. Black quarterback, black GM, black team president, and the story no one's been talking about, a black woman who's been part of the hiring decisions, Tanisha Wade. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see, and I hope that the team does well, especially with this black leadership. I mean, Pope talk about the Bears like a person who, you know, no shade, who did not grow in Chicago because you're just like, oh, they're moving. They're out of here. Worst team in the league. We just talk about it like it's nothing. We've caught up on what's happening in, in the mayor's race, what's going on with the Bears. But we're going to stay in your community, Jamie, in the South Loop. Okay. A new potential $150 million high school has been in conversation uh, for a very long time. And there are people on both sides of it. But can you catch us up on, you know, what is the controversy with a potential new high school in the area? So basically, um, CPS wants to build this new near South Side high school on the side of the former Harold Ickes homes. Part of the, but the problem is that the, the residents who used to live there were told that they would be able to return. And if the school happens, a lot of them won't, won't be able to. CPS's logic is, well, you know, we'll give you the school um, and 30% of the students who attend will be black. I'm not really sure how they'll make this happen, but hey. Um, but the one of the people who pushed for the school, Representative Teresa Ma, she, um, she is now saying that she will withdraw her support 
um, and try to stop state funding from, you know, helping build the school because CPS has an engaged community. So CPS's response is to hold a series of virtual town halls uh, that began Thursday um, in which they will engage the community, you know, inform them about their plans for this school and, you know, hope for the best. But there have been a dedicated group of activists and residents who, again, feel like if this school happens, not only will it further the racial divide, but it might impact or cause other school closures. Can we talk about that racial dynamic yeah. a little bit? Because I've, I've covered uh, Chinatown for a number of different stories in our run. And w when you talk to people who live in the community, they say they've been fighting for a high school for the Chinatown community for a very long time. And that is that's something that they were saying as they were picking a new alder person uh, when, you know, uh, Patrick Daly Thompson was up out of there, that that was going to be an important part of whoever comes in here, that they also support bringing a high school. So can you talk about that racial dynamic? How, how is that at play in this community? So it's it's really it's it's really icky um, in that. So in, in the area, uh, there are four. Um, high schools, but they're all also like predominantly black or Hispanic or Latina. Okay, they're also underperforming schools and under-resourced. Um, Wendell Phillips itself has been on the bubble for a long time, um, and I think uh, it, at one point there were at least twelve hundred students attending. Now they're less than like three hundred, and of course, you know. I get it. You don't want to send your kids to a, a, a bad school, but this, there's also this the, the really icky racial dynamics at play. Um, I interviewed a woman or uh, a former student uh, who attended like one of the feeder schools uh, in Chinatown, and she was told that like if she attended Tilden, she would die. And you know, I think the, you know people don't disagree that there is a need for one. Just don't build it here. Build it somewhere else. Build it on the 78. Build it, you know, further west. But don't build it here, especially when you've, you know, promised, you know, CHA residents that were displaced nearly over a decade ago that they can return. Do you think there's any way in this public engagement that they're actually going to have conversations about the racial dynamics at play? Or do you think this is going to be a conversation about money and land and, and you know, a, a need for a new school? Or are we really going to get into the context? No. I think, no. you know, I, I, I wish that were the case. I think uh, ultimately CPS and DHA will do what they want to do. Pope, I want to move it over to you because this is a story that definitely needs more attention. We talk a lot about CTA, but RTA, or the Regional Transit Authority, which oversees a lot of the Chicagoland public trans, uh, transportation opportunities, whether we're talking PACE, CTA, Metra, um, they're coming up on a bit of a, a financial crisis. Can you can you kind of fill us in on the details? Absolutely. Yeah. So RTA, they are anticipating a $730 million fiscal cliff, a budget shortfall that would be really just terrible for public transit throughout the city of Chicago and the suburbs. So they've actually listed out 11 different plans uh, and possible solutions to try to recoup some of that money. Some people might like, some may not, but they've given uh, residents a chance to weigh in. Uh, some of these solutions are raising taxes like the gas tax and fuel tax. Um, another one that's not so popular would be, you know, adding tolls to expressways that currently don't have tolls. So I think this is important because, you know, whether you use public transportation or not, you got to get around this city. And some of these solutions proposed here are going to impact you one way or another. 
They're going to be deciding around February what the next steps are. This fiscal cliff kind of anticipated till 2026, but they're trying to get ahead of it early and they're being transparent about it. And I talked to the, uh, the, the RTA just the other day about this issue. They say that they understand that low ridership is a big part of this. The focus should be maintaining good service for those who depend on ridership and never stopped using it. You know, healthcare mm-hmm. workers, uh, you know, uh, service workers, city workers, people that could not work from home. Um, so that's their priority, they say, right now. So I definitely pay attention to all this because the, the service has gone down from when, when I moved to Chicago seven years ago. It really has declined. The quality has declined. And we are a world-class city. We deserve top flight public transportation. Um, and right now, it's just not meeting that bar. We're going to drop a link to the transit is the answer. That was the the sort of RTA master plan that they released. Uh, time for public comment has closed. But as Brandon said, they'll be voting on this um, pretty early in February. And so please continue to watch it. But we are having a moment right now where everyone is complaining, right, where, where so many people's voices are being heard. And I hope that that gets us at least to a place where we're putting serious investment, having serious conversation. And so you may or you may not like some of these 11 possible solutions, but you can read them for yourself. And over the next month be as critical of this plan um, as you would like to be. Every single episode of CityCast ends the exact same way. With me basically begging for people to rate and review the podcast so other people can find us. But right before (laughs) I do that, right, right before that, you know, we like to give people a little some good. Oh, man, my voice. Oh, it cracked on that one. (laughs) 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 there we go some good news yes yes no i heard about the crack again i had to stop (laughs) (laughs) that voice ain't what it used to be huh uh, uh, come on don't do me like that this is this got a whole i'm glad i made my i'm making my money on the voice because i think this will hold long after my body and even my mind i think people will let me speak even when i'm saying crazy things and so so don't put that don't put that juju on man jacoby again <laughs> you sound good though <laughs> jamie jamie i want to start with you what's your some good news for the people i ain't even gonna push it today um so um don't judge me, but there's there's a mimosa and Taylor Swift party happening uh, this Saturday from ten to one um, in in Lakeview. Don't judge me. Ah, Taylor, l- listen. Taylor Swift is 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 a, like she she is a. We don't judge that. Ain't, that is, that's not my side, y'all. Anyway, <laughs> mimosa and Taylor Swift party is going to be at Old Crow Smokehouse at thirty five oh six North Clark, and it's going from ten to one. And tickets start at twenty bucks. You can get purchase them online. There's also. There is also um, a Taylor Swift themed breakup bar coming on Valentine's Day, um, and I think it runs from the 27th of January to the 26th of February, and that's going to be at Electric Garden, uh, which is, I think, in University Village. So, um, <laughs> first of all, again, I don't need this judgment. Like, I'm not. That's all. Bra- I'm laughing pressure. at Brandon's face. I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna let you finish. And uh, th- that Renaissance dance party, though, that thing was cracking. I'm going to let you finish, though. That let sounds you fun. That sounds fun. <laughs> Listen, there's room for Taylor and B. Like, I mean, like, they can come. 
they, they, for, for sure, for sure. A, a lot of Taylor Swift love yeah, uh, here in the Chicago area. Ain't no reason, and you know, it, United Center ain't selling out for, for no reason. Exactly. So uh, look, look, uh, look at Brandon's face. First of all, I'll start by saying this. I enjoyed parts of her last album. That anti-hero song was a bop. However, <laughs> how you gonna how you gonna come on this blackity black pod panel we got going on and and talk about Taylor Swift? Listen, I mean, let's, let's, I, I mean, if we all, go to your good all, news, I mean, <laughs> contain multitudes, my guy, multitudes. We are we have vast interests. It's okay. And whoever's running against you for best beard, I'm, 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 I'm. <laughs> oh, never mind. I'm, I'm a big fan of Taylor Swift. Big fan of your support, your Taylor Swift initiative. He, he said, "I care more about this beard." You have the right votes. You know, hey, Taylor judging. Swizz, T Swizzy. I'm all about that. T Swizz Hive. You know, me, me. I'm the problem. It's me. See, I know the song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we go kick it over. Kick it over to you. <laughs> Chicago has got some new cute and cuddly neighbors. Uh, where do they live? Uh, and, and tell us about these these beautiful triplets. Oh, let me tell you about these adorable lion cubs at Lincoln Park Zoo. I feel like I'm in that that movie Anchorman where they're like panda watch. The mood is tense, <laughs> but that's what I want. I want to go out there to Lincoln Park Zoo and just do a live shot, being like. Lion Watch. The mood is tense. They were birthed on January 9th. They're going to be out on display uh, here soon. And Shout out to Zari and Jabari, their parents. Yes, Zari, Jabari, they're five years old, which in lion years is uh, about, what, 30? So I Zero idea. That's an estimation. <laughs> uh, I think that's dog years. It's but not I, scientific at all. I just made it. Like uh, <laughs> <laughs> and look, who doesn't like lion cubs? Um, I'm all about it. And I'm going to be out there on Lion Watch. I hope you guys join me. My some good news this week is is not an event and it's not is not something you can attend. It's me just giving thanks. Not only thanks to the people who come on this show, uh, but the people who come out and support me in other things. This past Sunday uh, at Murphy's and Sons Irish Bistro, I hosted my very first one man show, Lessons from Granny, me on stage for an hour and a half giving jokes and telling stories, a little bit of Chicago history. Uh, and we were able to sell the, sell the small little venue out. Um, and, and as I looked out into the audience, I saw people who've been on the show, my friends, my family. Uh, and so I want people to know that if you didn't catch Lessons for, uh, from Granny, uh, it is a show that I'm working on that is going to come back. Bigger venue because we're selling out now. And so many people was asking me, how do I get a ticket? How do I get a ticket? And so the next time we pop it out, uh, just know there will be a little more uh, promo uh, and a little more advanced notice and a couple more tickets for y'all because, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Thank you to Brandon Pope. Shout out to Jamie Nesbitt Golden. Uh, thank you from the entire uh, family here at CityCast Chicago. It's my time. Yeah. Scooty gang forever. Scooter gang. Scoot, scoot. <laughs> Before I let you go, remember, vote for CityCast Chicago as best podcast and best newsletter and the Chicago Reader's Best of Chicago. You got until mid-February, but don't wait. There's a link for you in the show notes. Do it now and then tell your friends to vote. I want to thank the people who make the best podcast and the best newsletter possible. That's lead producer Carrie Shepard, producer Simone Alisea, newsletter writer Sydney Madden, the people who make the music we love, all the kimonos, Mark Greenberg of the Mayfair Workshop, and the one and only Sam Thousand. I want to give a huge thanks to everybody back at headquarters, but of course, 
My last thank you is for you, the people who actually read and listen to CityCast Chicago. It means a lot to us. We're going to be back in your feed on Monday. I'll talk to you then. Peace. As a member of the Mincing Rascals, I do have to say, we, we, we got a good podcast Simone, too. can you cut this? Please <laughs> cut all of this. Cut the Throw cameras. Stinger, cut, the ca- cut the cameras. <laughs> Throw a stinger on top while I start staring at him like Diddy. <laughs> this man tried to keep going. Jamie said, I am a part of Cut it. Cut his You're cut done. His Amazon You're done. Mic. <laughs> oh, man. You're funny. Oh, man.